Welcome to the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust podcast on writing great grants. We're a private nonprofit foundation serving the Pacific Northwest, where for more than 44 years, we have awarded more than $1 billion in cumulative grants to organizations that serve and support our local communities. On this podcast, we want to share insights and information that help nonprofits flourish and thrive in order to serve the common good. On today's episode, our host, Steve Moore, the executive director of the Murdoch Trust, sits down with Dr. Moses Lee to discuss the importance of innovation. Moses is our senior program director for scientific research and enrichment programs, where he oversees much of our grant-making and educational programming in the field of scientific research. He comes from a very robust scientific background as a former chemistry professor at Furman University, and he served as the Dean of Natural and Applied Sciences at Hope College. Enjoy the conversation. Moses, it's great to have you here today. It's going to be fun to have a little conversation about the topic that we've got today. Thank you, Dr. Moore. Glad to be here. So, Moses, one of the things we wanted to talk about is this idea of innovation. As you well know, when we encounter nonprofits, we often hear groups talk about the idea of innovation. They want to provide innovation uh, in the way they serve their communities or the way they do their work. And so it's fitting that someone who's been a part of innovation in the scientific field, but you've also served the trust in areas of public health and uh, working with nonprofits as small as small community hospitals. Mm -hmm. So you know about innovation from a rural perspective, from an urban perspective, from a higher education Mm -hmm. perspective, a small nonprofit perspective. And so we want to talk about some of the critical elements and some of the drivers of innovation in those different fields. And so as we think and talk about that, what are just a a couple of things that come to your mind that are important factors uh, as you think about innovation in uh, the nonprofit sector? Thanks, Steve. You know, as I think about innovation and the nonprofit sector, You know, it is really the magic sauce, I think, in all of the work of nonprofit organizations. You know, it is a way for for organizations to remain current, to remain relevant, and to, to be able to serve the needs of the communities. And more importantly, and most importantly, really, is to keep their promises, the promises they make to the communities and the constituents that they serve. You know, organizations have to be innovative. If, they, if they're not innovative, the downside of it, they over time become irrelevant. They lose touch with the community they serve. And sadly, organizations, in ones that I have, have seen and, and, and work with and I've read about, in, uh, organizations that do not innovate eventually fade away or they fail. So this is really the magic sauce for which nonprofit organizations, and rightfully so, actually for for profit organizations too, it's a very important ingredient for success. Yeah, that's a great point. That things that apply to nonprofit sector are often often true in education yeah. and in business and in government. Yeah, and you know one of the things that we often hear is we'll hear a nonprofit leader say, "This is a innovative idea." 
and they may even say something like, no one has thought of this yeah. yet. What are some things that that we have learned that are kind of key principles that we could say this person is beginning to think about innovation in a good way? What are just two or three things that you would observe? Well, here are a couple of things I like to reflect on. First of all is, um, you know, organizations that innovate, they tend to pay close attention to the communities they serve. Things that are growing, things that are changing, advancements that are being made in the, in the area that it serves. And it continues to make improvements, to, all the while to better serve their communities. And it really is a market-driven kind of thing. Kind of expound to what you were just saying a little bit earlier, Steve, is whether it's for-profit or non-profit. At the end of the day, there is a, a business model, a financial model. And this all kind of plays into that, too. Now, back to your specific questions about uh, innovations. You know, the nature of innovations. Not all innovations should be or have to be the same. They are unique. They're different types of innovation. And the key thing is to reflect on the kind of innovation that fits the specific needs and the circumstances, the resources available, the vision, the strategy of a specific organization at a particular time. And there are just different types of, of innovations that I like to kind of probably just mention quickly. One is a general type of innovation. You know, when you think about an organization that is doing something good. And it gets to a certain point. If you think about a growth curve, it grows to a certain point and it reaches a, a point of, if you will, a plateau. As it starts to think about, you know, it gets to growth to a certain point. What is the next thing that needs to happen in order to transform or to change the, the point of inflection into a positive slope again? Those kind of specific changes may not be groundbreaking, may not be transformative, but it's very crucial, very crucial uh, for the organization to continue to flourish, continue to serve, and continue to grow. Those are the kind of what we call general innovation. So Moses, just what yeah. you're saying uh, is that innovation is the ongoing work of uh, an organization, that it's not something that happens every five or 10 or 15 That's years. Right. It's something that just is continual because an organization is paying attention to the communities and the constituencies that they're seeking to serve. Absolutely. Successful organizations are always talking, listening to their communities, having their finger on the pulse of the community. What are the needs? What are opportunities? And and so these is Innovation is an ongoing thing, and the types of innovation would apply at an appropriate time. Let me give you one example of what a general innovation would look like. You know, recently, the Trust has an opportunity to partner with an organization called Literary Arts Incorporated in, in Portland, Oregon. It's an amazing story because in recent years, it has seen a transformation in growth of the number of membership, members, listeners, and writers all alike. Now, the organization is then faced with a, a reality, and that is how are they going to engage the growing community. And, and what they were doing has worked so far, but it's, it's, it has reached a plateau. And the way to do it would be to bring in something new that address a very specific need of the organization. In this instance would be to utilize what others in the community has, have done, which is to introduce new technology. And the new technology would be involved in developing a robust website 
to have online newsletters, that sort of thing. And more importantly, like what we're doing, creating a whole set of uh, podcasts. Yeah, it's a great example. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to innovate as well and serve our constituents. <laughs> exactly right. And, exactly. and do those kinds and of things. And this would not be, you know, if you think about it, it's not transformative in a way or, or groundbreaking. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But it is crucial. This kind of, of, of innovation is crucial for ongoing growth of an organization to meet a very specific need. That's a great example out of the arts and culture yeah. sector. Yeah. Uh, let me just uh, push yeah. you a little yeah. bit yeah. on yeah. this idea of keeping the promise that you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. What's the difference in a promise that a nonprofit might keep and that that a for-profit organization might keep? Is there something that comes to your mind that's a, a big difference in the two? Not particularly. I'll be honest with you because you think about promises. The the key is a, a for-profit organization has a product, has a mission, has has a business model that is trying to accomplish. A for-profit organization, a non-profit, excuse me, organization would have the same kind of thing. It has a mission, of course. They've got to and have a good business they, model. They have a good business model, and they have to serve their community. And whatever that bottom line, whether it is a product, a product can be thought of if it's a for-profit as a device, a piece of equipment, or a piece of something you sell. But... But for for profit, it could be a service that you provide. But the the, the deliverables are the same. Again, is 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 the idea of delivering something to your community that has a need for it, that you have that relationship, and they will go to you as an organization, whether it's for profit or non profit, for that particular service. And at the end of the day, you still have to have a a viable business model, whereby. Checks have to be paid, bills have to be paid, and that sort of thing. And and so you have to think about leadership. You have to think about uh, 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 how to raise resources. You got to think about how to assess uh, uh, the the services or products you're trying to uh, provide to the community, and so forth. So, in many ways, they are very very similar. So of course, it, fundamentally, one thing that's different is at the end of the day, for profit, uh, for profit, they they have a bottom line of of making money, and nonprofit, it's a different goal. And, and we often talk about the goal of nonprofits is to change lives. Yep. And it's not just enough to have the inspiration or the motivation to change lives. You have to have that undergirding of a business model that helps you get there. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're talking that's about. That's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, you can have the greatest ideas. And as we have uh, talked about and written about keeping the promise, Great ideas can only come to life if you have a mechanism to come to life. And that is true for for, for profit. You know, and an entre entrepreneurial organization that comes up with a great idea could be the miracle drug that is going to cure cancer or cure some disease. If it doesn't have a structure, doesn't have a process, it's not going to lead anywhere. So, so in, in many ways, I see parallel between the two organizations. Yeah. We live in a time where there's a lot of things that are rapidly changing around mm -hmm. us. What's the difference, do you think, between a kind of ongoing innovation that has to occur and what you might call transformative uh, innovation or groundbreaking innovation? Sometimes nonprofit leaders feel like they have to come in with a revolutionary innovative idea. But... In reality, that's not always the case, but sometimes it might be. That's exactly right. And again, it, it, as I alluded to earlier, it connects to the point of, of, of 
understanding, having a pulse of the community that you serve, what the needs are, and what the opportunities are available at that particular time, as you think about the kinds of in, uh, innovative ideas that one would introduce. Let me give you kind of a general definition and an example of what a transformative innovation is and what a groundbreaking innovation is. Uh, a transformational inv- uh, innovation is also introducing something new. This is all about introducing something new. And and a transform transformational innovation uh, introduce something new to an organization uh, that will have a profound and structural impact on the organization and also impacting the operation as well. And uh, but here's a unique thing, you know, trying to draw a, a difference between transformational and groundbreaking is that this innovation in tra- that transforms an organization can be emulated from another organization for basically what other people have done as well. But it is more profound. It is lasting, and and it has structural impact. For example, recently, uh, uh, the trust also had an opportunity to partner with an organization in Palma, Alaska, called the Musk Ox uh, Development Corporation, or I'll just call MODC. You know, this is an amazing organization that's... that. Uh, uh, provide conservation and learning that connects to the muskox, which are amazing uh, animals that live during the time where the woolly mammoths were roaming the, uh, you know, the, the, the Arctic Circle. It's pretty amazing. So they've they been around for a long time. One of the other unique things about this, this organization, this project, is that they uh, use the muskox conservation as a way to provide economic mobility for native Alaskans. And why? Wh- how does that come about? Because this muskox, one of the unique things about their, 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 their fur, their, their under fur, is one of the softest furs, apparently, in the world, and is very pricey. So there is an opportunity to, to cultivate these animals, harvest the fur as a way to provide economic mobility. So there's a lot of the cultural impact of this organization as well as the conservation and, and, and uh, uh, learning uh, ecology of, the, uh, of this, this, this unique animals. So here's one thing they found recently, or they learned recently, again, understanding and listening to the community. They are missing out. They were missing out on two fundamental big areas. One is they were not able to serve the community's needs. What do I mean by that? Well, this think about it. this is Alaska, uh, Palma. Gets very cold in the winter, long day, long nights, or, or dark days, if you will. Uh, um, cold. They receive an, a large number of requests from schools because of the unique work that they do. The schools want to send students as field trips to MODC. But they can't. They can only do some of them. The reason is because in the winter there's no place to, you know, to host these children, the the, the 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 students. They just can't do it. And the community wants to have because again of the unique work of MODC. The the community wants to have a way to to uh, continue to build and and learn from the opportunity to have workshops. They want to have workshops. About, to learn about muskox, to learn about this, this, this incredible fur cultivation and all that kind of stuff. No space. No space to do that. And they also learned that uh, because of the unique work that they do and the location that they're at, you know, people from around the country wants to go up there for 
to spend some time in residence as they reflect and do their work, whether it is in art, whether it is in writing, where there's a lot of things. They can't do any of that because they don't have a space. And, and, and the, the, the space that they have is not heated. You just can't do it. And uh, the other, that, that kind of translates to the other point that, that, that they're missing out is revenue sources. These are potential revenues. They're looking at something that, that is in their mission to do. They are unable to do. There's a huge need for it. And then they are missing an opportunity. So the board then decided and the leadership decided that, well, maybe this is what they need to do is transform the organization create the space, have a structural lasting change in the, in the organization that can then enable them to do all of these things. And they have an opportunity because when the farm was formed, they have this iconic colonial barn that's across Alaska when the homesteaders moved in. Beautiful red roof, classic colonial barn that now the little part of it is, is renovated as a gift store, but it's unheated. It's unheated, totally unheated. So if you walk in there in the winter, you'll be bundled up because it's just, and it's just not going to, but they, their goal is to transform that barn into something that is a gift shop, that is classroom, that has workshops, uh, a museum. And also, this is something they get really excited about, Steve, and that is have heated bathrooms because they don't have any heated bathrooms. So think about the, the holistic aspect of this and what this would bring is, is this structural transformation that could change their operation, right? And also bring changes their, uh, and brings new revenues and changes their business strategy. And this is what we would think of as a transformational information because it truly will transform the organization. So you've given us a great example that touches on several things. It touches on a board that is really thinking about its mission and the delivery of the mission. We hear an organization that's really paying attention to the community that it's in and the way that it serves. And then it's also thinking about its business model and the ways – not only to raise money through donations, but some other revenue streams yeah. that might help them better fulfill their mission. So that's a great example of that. Yeah. I'm also mindful that uh, we've seen a few bad examples, Moses. Uh, I think of one uh, transformational idea that came from a group that was going to serve homeless people meals. Yeah. yeah. And it mainly was just getting more meals out the door yeah. instead of asking that transformational question, how might we help people get off the streets and to work with people in other kind of ways and even connect with other organizations that are seeking to serve the same people. So knowing what others are doing can be an important aspect of innovation. Very, very true. And one of the things, too, in addition to the board, which you you reflected on, Steve, also uh, um, the leadership. The, the administrative leadership uh, uh, who has the – one of the things as we think about anyone doing innovative work, you got to have to address – and we'll, we'll get to these questions later. And that is, do you have the, the uh, skills and experience to carry this out? Do you have the foresight and the vision to kind of see it through? And, and um, I will have to say, too, in, you know, th- this organization, MODC, uh, has seen some challenging days has had its challenging days and has undergone a transformation with board and with leadership. 
and that is now seeing it through even further. With the right people, with the right leader, uh, things can happen. And and key is, like you said, listening to the community, understanding what is needed at this particular time and what resources they have to be able to execute it. Yeah, that's yeah, great because yeah. in that part of Alaska, there's not a lot yeah. of resources, that's so right. they're able that's to right. think creatively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you think about one other thing that you would hope that every organization would think about when it comes to innovation, what would that be? What would be something you'd say, be sure and remember this if you're thinking and working on uh, an idea that you think may be innovative? That's a great question, Steve. Can I uh, put that question on hold and, uh, and then maybe give you another example? <laughs> okay, good. That's good. <laughs> give you an example on what groundbreaking innovation okay, is. Okay, good. Yes. And uh, because I think it kind of gives a, a, a broader continuum of what, how one should think about innovation. And then we'll come back to that question. Now, in groundbreaking innovation, uh, this, is, this takes what is being introduced to, as a scientist would say, a totally higher quantum level. It's something that's totally new and, and, and something perhaps few, if anyone, is out there doing. So this is truly groundbreaking. And not surprisingly, we do see them in, in all different sectors, but in the scientific research sector, uh, just the nature of supporting science uh, are people with only organizations, whether it's government, public, or, or, or f- private foundations, will support research that are breaking ground, that are new. They're not going to you know, support project to, to repeat an experiment, for example. So there is a natural tendency to look for something groundbreaking. Um, this is really the most rare of all types of, of innovations. Um, l- let me give you an example also. Uh, we do quite a bit, and the Trust supports uh, a significant number of major scientific research projects, as you know. Uh, University of Washington, uh, recently we were able to partner with them uh, with a grant to build a um, state-of-the-art microscope. This is a unique microscope that allows researchers to see individual neurons in a functioning brain of a living and active animal. That's pretty cool. That would you be see, groundbreaking. You, you will see the whole brain. Yeah. You see individual neurons. But what's even more uh, profound and, and groundbreaking is that they have technology using the microscope and, and, and additional technologies where they can perturb, excite a specific neuron area of the brain and watch how that neuron is connected to other neurons and connected to further neurons as in an electric neural circuit. And that's how the brain works. In the current times, people look at activity of one individual neuron, maybe how it connects with the other neuron, but not in the circuitry. But think about the impact that will have in understanding how the brain works, how the brain develops, and um, how that translates to normal development of the brain or challenges in development of the brain, such as mental health and a whole variety of things. Why do certain uh, uh, people or, 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 or animals, organisms, are more prone to addiction to substance and others don't? Trying to understand that. It's, it's more than just one or two neurons, but it's really the circuitry, the neural network of the entire brain. University of Washington is one amongst a very few in the entire world that would have this capability. And the work that they do, no question, is going to 
break new ground. So, so this is an example of groundbreaking. That's a research. great example. And yeah. in a sense, what they're doing is they're, they're really identifying a very complex problem, and they're saying – We've got to come at this problem from a whole new perspective. That's right. We've got to look at the circuitry and the whole stream of uh, things that yeah. that relate to that. Yeah. And so I think that's a really good principle to think about as we yeah. think about groundback breaking, yeah. or groundbreaking uh, res- uh, research or groundbreaking innovation, as opposed to other kinds of innovation. Yeah. 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 So shall we go back to your So question? let's go back to the question about uh, what, what would be the one thing? I mean, you've visited a lot of nonprofit organizations, both the scientific world, educational yeah. world, and others. Well, what would be one thing you'd say, be sure and think about this, be sure and realize this if you're thinking about innovation? Well, Steve, that's a great question. And I've kind of alluded to, I don't think there is one thing, Steve, I think – Innovation by itself is such a complex thing. There are multifaceted uh, angles that one has to look at to see and understand if this is the right moment to execute that specific innovation. And foremost, of course, as I kind of alluded to, is understanding what the needs are from the community that, that, that the organization serves and what some of the latest advancements could be technology, could be ideas and things that are available uh, at that particular time, and recognizing you know, w- where the organization is in terms of its capabilities to take on these innovations. Those are very, very important points. But uh, a couple of other things that, that every organization should think about as they embark in, in any innovation uh, ideas is, is the idea, the project, if you will, does it fit with their mission? Does it enable them to keep their promises? Is this going to be taking them off attention? Now, that wouldn't be good to do. It has to be focused on its mission and its promises. You know, as I alluded earlier, does the executive team have the expertise to carry this out? And one of the things that's really important is do you have the resources or sources to find these resources to carry out this function and also to sustain it. Do you have a business model that will sustain it? And another thing that's really important too is any innovation ideas, anytime anybody brings something new uh, should not be wearing rosy glasses because there will be challenges. It's just the way innovation is. Do you have the stomach for it to carry it and see it through? Do you have leadership support, board champions, who is going to support you and see this thing through? Because there will be challenges. That's just the way innovation works. If it is just too simple, everybody can do it. It won't be, that won't be an innovation. <laughs> it would be just another thing. Uh, a couple more, couple more things. Um, do you have a strategy to assess the project? You gotta know that is this thing working? What does that what does that mean? Because everything sounds great and looks great, but is it really enabling you to keep those promises? Is it going to enable you to affect the impact that you want? Um, are there situations where, you know, uh, because resources are never unlimited, does that mean you might 
if to do this innovation, would you have to give up something? So this balancing, so there's a lot of that kind of thing that, that every organization will have to think about. But I do want to make one more other point, Steve, and that is, and that is uh, um, not all innovations, I made that earlier, not all innovations should be the same. And, and not all changes have to be innovative. In other words, you know, organizations we, we have seen many times. Maybe it is innovative, but I don't quite see it that way. We support a lot of, uh, you know, campgrounds to support youth programs. And, you know, we laugh at it. We joke about it sometimes that we are one of the few organizations that would upgrade sewer systems. Now, that... You put in a new sewer system that was not, you know, the old one was not functioning. It's not really that innovative. You just have to put it in. You just have. But that is still very important to do, right? you got to always do new things to keep relevant and to continue to serve. But, but not all changes, not all things that are new have to be innovative. It can't be just a simple thing. Another example would be, you know, uh, the camp needs a new stove. And we've done those. They have to cook food for the for the children. You just gotta buy the stove. So it's it's a. I think you gotta always look at all of these in balance. So those are great examples, Moses. Uh, and I think that your point is that uh, in answering my question, is there one more thing? Is that the one more thing is that you have to keep lots of things in mind that there is no silver bullet, there is yep. no one thing that is going to turn something into yep. innovation. And the second thing is simply uh, we care about capacity building just like we care about innovation. Yeah. And that building the capacity of an organization to fulfill its mission can be as, as important as innovation in fulfilling yes. that mission. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So Moses, thank you so oh, I got much. One more, I got one more you got thing. one more idea? <laughs> I got, I got one Moses, idea. you've always got one more idea. No, well, one of one of the things that I, I was thinking about too is Steve, a question that might could be asked is should all organizations we mentioned earlier that not all things new has to be innovative. Yeah. But should all organizations do innovative things? I think that's a very interesting way to think about it. And I and I do appreciate the the uh, you know potential difference in thoughts, but in my mind, um, I, it shouldn't be the case. I think every organization should always think about innovative things, innovative ideas. Whether what they want to do is innovative is a different thing. They should always be thinking about innovation. And the reason is, you know, I'm a strong, strong believer. And and I look at all the organizations we work with and others that I know about and and, and read about. All the organization starts with a germ of an incredible idea. And to bring that idea to life, as we talk about serving the common good, requires incredible innovation and risk-taking of the founders to bring that idea to life. So all organizations, in my mind, start with a germ of innovation. That, that is always there. And, and the, the goal would be for every organization to continue that that fire in the belly if you you don't always have to innovate for the sake of innovate but you're always going to have that in your mind in your dna if you will that can enable you to continue to evolve and grow and meet the needs that ultimately 
keeping the promises that you've set up to do. Moses, I knew that at some point that you as a scientist of infectious diseases would figure out how to work germs into uh, this discussion. And DNA. And DNA. And DNA. That's exactly right. And, you know, the great thing that you've done is you've also reminded us of some of the other key components that we're going to talk about in this series. Yeah. Things like assessment. Yeah. And like the business model and like boards and leadership, the ability to plan and execute. So many uh, nonprofits we find simply have an inspirational idea, yeah. and they just want someone to That's fund exactly that right. idea. That's exactly and it's, right. And uh, it takes a lot more to really run an effective and flourishing nonprofit, right. don't That's you right. think? Absolutely agree. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Moses. And that wraps up this episode of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust Podcast. For more information on writing great grants, as well as resources on fundraising, board development, leadership, team management, and a variety of other topics in the nonprofit space, please visit our website, murdochtrust.org. This episode of the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust Podcast was recorded at the Luis Palau Association Studios in Beaverton, Oregon. Episode produced by Colby Reed with sound engineering by Doug Stewart and special thanks to Caden Howes. Music by Lobo Loco via the Free Music Archive. Copyright MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust 2020. All rights reserved.